0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Penny Lane Podcast with Maple Stacks. We go deep into a strategy, technical analysis, and how to constantly grow your account. Get your notepads out. There's a lot of great information here. Maple, hi. Welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Th-
0: thank you so much for coming. Justin, you're here.
1: I'm here, and I'm happy to be
2: here, and I've been here for a while.
0: Huh. We, uh, we, you know, we've been missing you on the podcast, Justin.
2: It's been about a week, right? Lots of travel (laughs) here, there, everywhere. I'm leaving on a flight in about, uh, two and a half hours.
1: Congratulations. Good Uh, for you.
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to any cool conventions like, uh, like the one that just happened in Orlando. Missed that one.
1: Oh, the FinTwit convention, right?
2: Yeah. Were you there,
1: Maple? No, no, I, I missed it as well.
2: They do any virtual events? Did they like could you take part in them virtually?
1: Um, I don't think so. Um no. n- not as far as I know. Hmm. Maple,
0: did you go to PGIR in Reno?
1: No, I I didn't make it there either.
0: Did you have a conflict or are you more of a keep my privacy kind of person? Um I'm
1: just kind of more of a an you know, introverted kind of homebody person. Um I, I just didn't make it out there either. Uh Trog and, and Bear wanted me to come out, but um I wasn't able to.
0: Listen, I Feel that I feel so much more comfortable talking to people on the podcast than I do in real life.
1: Right? Really? Yeah, <laughs> I talked to people all over the internet, and um, I guess uh, making the trip out to Reno just wasn't on my radar. What? A, have either of you ever been
2: to Reno? Has anyone ever been to Reno? No, no, I, I haven't. What, what an interesting place! <laughs> have I you guess been, it's, been uh, Justin? Mini Las Vegas. I. I'm trying to decide if it's on the bucket list or not just because of how unique it is. I, I don't know. I'm undecided.
0: Okay. Well, let's let's get on into the interview. Then. <laughs> let's do that.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Perfect. So Maple, I um wanted to take a moment just to talk to you about I have been really struggling in my trading after having my best day ever, my biggest win ever. I was doing so well during the DWAC fun run. Fun run. That's funny. (laughs) Um, And then I really haven't changed the way I've traded, but I have just been taking like fairly big losses since then. And so many people in the Penny Lane pod community have also been struggling with that. And I was hoping that you could offer some advice.
1: Okay, perfect. Um, Well, uh, I think that we had uh, an amazing run uh, with the DWAC and fun and a few of the other um, Trump tickers that were set off. Um, I, there was uh, that Black Rifle Coffee Company, and um, as well as uh, BKKT and a few others, um, which provided great opportunity to one build your account and uh, you know take on uh, kind of trades that you're able to you know hold on to for um, you know hold on to those winners. Um, but I think it also provided a lot of bad. Um, Kind of implementation into people's trading strategies, whereas uh, maybe you have a very strict set of of rules and um, that that you go through and, and trade by every day uh, and holding onto these runners, uh, even buying high, selling higher. That concept to newer traders is um, can be a bit uh, you know mind boggling, but um, it it really just ignited the market that week, and I look at it as uh, advertisement um, towards a lot of uh, newer money. Uh, simply due to the fact that uh, they're going to maybe deposit more, maybe take on bigger uh, or larger position sizes, and try to hold for longer to capitalize upon that kind of run. And what we saw the following week was a a very large uh, chop fest. Uh, A lot of tickers not holding up on their their trends or their formations. Uh, I myself um, had a great week on that uh, that DWAC and Fun uh, rally week, Um, but on the following week, I had a, a rather large loss on Monday uh, on ABBC. Um, I had uh, kind of oversized and w- was looking to to make a large kind of move um, on a reversal, and uh, it ended up biting me uh, as I didn't respect my stop. Um, but, you know, thinking it was going to reverse and just kind of being blinded by that euphoria from the week prior.
0: So, do you long and short?
1: Um, I, I don't really play to the short side too often. Um, I will every now and then. Um, I, I trade on thinkorswim, so it's not the best for locates or, or even... No, it's not. Um, but it, w- once I start to focus on it, uh, I'll probably move over to Cobra uh, or something like that. But um, primarily, I, I'm a long um, bias trader, but I'm not a permable or, or something. Um, you know, I will play calls and puts on options and stuff like that, um, but mainly a small cap commons trader.
0: Like what percentage would you say is commons versus options?
1: Uh, um, percentage per, oh, percentage trade? that I trade? Uh, probably about uh, 90 to 95% uh, small cap commons. Um, slowly venturing into options, just not something that I've focused on. Uh, I, I do believe that I have the, the technical ability to, to trade them. It's just uh, something that I, I, I've prepared for this kind of winter uh, small cap rally uh, this whole year, and, and that's just what I really want to uh, maintain and focus on for the time being.
0: So, do you think it has started?
1: Uh, the rally. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that we're seeing little hints here and there um, mm-hmm. with uh, with consumer numbers um, coming out and, and seasonally being a strong kind of a uh, you know few months, um, November through January, late February. Um, I, I think we're getting on on towards the the, the cusp of that of that uh, okay. rally, but. Um, I do, I will respect that uh, there is that chop and and I will always gauge and, and assess the market bar- uh, environment um, and always trade the chart in front of me, uh, no matter what, uh, if it's a very slow month or if it's an overly bullish uh, rally month. Well,
0: that makes me feel better because I'm like, we're in the, the meat of like what's supposed to be this hot fall market. And like, why is it not working for me? But it, right. but I appreciate knowing that you don't think it's, maybe started or is in full effect yet
1: right yeah yeah we're, we're just slowly getting there um you know we, we do there are opportunities in the market um every single day i i say that uh to pretty much everyone whether or not you miss a trade that you had planned or or just uh, through neglect um there's always going to be that opportunity i myself traded ppsi this morning uh took it off the news um uh, and it was a, a retest of that that opening pop. So it was, I got an entry near $4 and uh, sold it all the way up close to open. uh was able to reenter on that um, that pullback, that reversal. Uh, and, and I waited for the trend to uh, come into my favor. Um, I, I'm a big, a big advocate of not trading against the trend and always um, thinking about the short perspective.
0: Okay. Well, that, I mean, that was, what percent did that, did PPSI run today?
1: Um, I think it ran um, over 100%. I took it in pre-market over, um, it was close. I think it hit 777 or something like that. Um, Oh, it it ran over 200% today. Yep.
0: Okay. From uh, from previous day close. And that is what we need for sympathies, right? Are you a sympathy trader? Yes.
1: Oh, yes, of course. Um, A lot of people are against it. Uh, I I do believe that you should focus on the main runner. Um, but there, there, like I said, there's always opportunities elsewhere. If PPSI ran, um, the first kind of tickers that ran to my mind were other kind of uh, either generator or hurricane stocks like uh, Pola or uh, OPTT. And um, with those, we did see some nice movement um, and it provided two opportunities um, for a kind of set and forget trade.
0: Well, I know that like we... Um, it- Real Simple Ariel is a huge penny lane pod. He's been on twice. Everyone loves him. He's been so honest about his uh, trading strategy. Yeah, he's a great guy. And he, yeah, the best. And he made his millions by trading sympathies. And they just have not, they haven't been working for a while. So I know that there's a lot of people anxious to get back into the sympathy market.
1: Right. Uh, I also think that, um, you know, just uh, remembrances from last year's COVID market. um, Oh, no. um, I think that uh, there's a lot of uh, remembrances from last year's COVID market where, um, you know, let's say one sector was running and that ignited the, uh, the rest of the sector, whether it be EVs or anything else like that, oils. I think that we're getting close to that market. Now I am seeing some sympathy plays being panned out and, and respected. Right. There was a, a I don't know if you can call it really a sector, but um I don't know if you guys played like the the pet tickers, right? Pet Z, Pet V Yeah, Dog Z. Um a lot of those, uh right, Pet Z ran and um I was able to trade dog Z for oh, a yeah. nice run. Pet V was making a nice move. Um there was um and a few others that the people ran to. Uh, you just have to be somewhat uh, quick when you um, reach those, right? They, they may not have the same kind of explosive kind of rally like the uh, the main runner, but you are going to be able to capitalize upon them if you can think on your toes and uh, run over to those sympathies rather quickly before anyone else gets there. Um, I myself, I saw Pet Z ran, uh, was trading that, and then I was able to run over to Dog Z. I saw it stuck at 450 It had a large volume uh, bar. And uh, I just took four hundred and fifty, trading it off the whole dollar, and was able to scale out rather quickly um, over a four hundred and eighty to four hundred and ninety uh, for a quick little ten percent run or so.
0: So where where are you trading mostly during the day? Like, wh- are you? Which Discord are you in? Your Patreon or where where do people find you?
1: Well, they'll find me on the uh, the Atlas uh, Momentum Floor. Uh, I also post. Um, on the uh, Atlas trading floor, the main trading floor. Uh, and I also uh, really focus on uh, my own Patreon. Um, we have over 200 members and uh, I make calls throughout the day. And there's a lot of uh, skilled members in there that have uh, earned the right to be able to post and, and make good calls as well. Um, so, but yeah, mainly, um, you know, I, I post a lot on the Atlas momentum floor. Um, I guess you could say I was raised there. Uh, bear and rodessa and trog um they all kind of helped me uh and guided me towards uh you know day trading uh small caps
0: well you know we talk on here a lot about how many incredible traders were born in atlas so what a, I mean just what a cool thing to to be on the floor how long did it take you like from the time you joined to be able to post like on the trading floor? That's like a dream come oh, true Oh yeah, it, it was, everyone. Um,
1: yeah, very, very recently I was able, uh, to post on the trading floor. Um, well, um, I, I went through a bunch of different channels, went through large cap options, went through, uh, um, uh, the most, I mean, the short floor was rather new at the time, uh, the swing floor and just a bunch of different, uh, channels in Atlas, but what what I could really align with and wrap my mind around was um, day trading momentum small caps, um, taking you know cheaper priced uh, stocks and um, day trading them, taking them for a quick run up, and uh, either taking a majority or all my profit. Uh, if I take majority, I typically leave a, a small percent to ride um, those free shares, quote unquote free. Um, but I spent a lot of time um talking with Rodessa and and um I don't know if you guys know uh Scalper Ryan on Twitter um
0: Oh yeah, I, he's been on the podcast. Before. Oh yeah,
1: he's great. Yes. Uh Yeah, love him. Yes, two of my very very close friends that helped me and guided me along the way. Um and it really came down to me asking a, a ton of questions, bothering a lot of people um and, and you know whether or not they respond, uh, I was going to get some kind of information um from their posts or their charts that they posted. And uh, I came to Odessa and I asked him, you know, h- how can I, um, you know, improve my trading? And uh, what it came down to was he he asked me right after that, um, you know, are you charting every night? And uh, I wasn't. This was about a year and a half ago. I told him I wasn't charting every night. Um, I didn't know really how to chart, uh, nor was I confident. And um, with that, you know, he explained to me the, the importance of uh, charting every night. Um, and not only charting tickers, but also keeping uh, in mind and track of your emotions um, throughout the trade, throughout the day. So through a lot of hard work, posting hundreds of charts, and uh, it was uh, previously known as Scalp Team, um, posting mm-hmm. hundreds of charts in Scalp Team, um, you know, Bear and, and, uh, and a lot of other uh, higher-ups, um, thought it would be nice to bring me up onto the the MoMo floor or the Scalp Team floor at that time.
0: I love that, and that's such a common theme, through the podcast. We've heard that over and over again that the it's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Is that the term? I'm but like uh making sales. Making sales is absolutely an incredible trader. And he I think is the most famous for just saying like he was in people's DMs asking questions. If he didn't know something, he was going to figure it out or he was going to find the person who knew the answer. And that's so that's just been such an incredible theme through this. And I've learned so much from that, that like I used to be afraid to ask a question because maybe it was the person would think that I was like dumb or something. Right. And I just, you can't, you can't be afraid of that.
1: (laughs) No, no. That's how you learn is
0: by asking questions. Yeah. um, Everyone's ignorant at some point
1: until they're not. um, And
0: the fact that you have, this Patreon, where people can ask you questions. When did it become apparent to you that you wanted to teach?
1: Um, well, I I was just really flooded by DMs. You know, I have respect for everyone who who has the courage to you know message someone higher up or someone that they admire or, or would like to emulate their trading style. Um, but what it really came down to um, was that when I started trading, um, there's a vast amount of information out there that. That I just wanted to dive into, and a lot of newer traders they just want you to you know tell them to do this buy this um you know whatever else and uh i I couldn't respect that um I was very kind of dedicated to those traders that um you know asked the uh, the more in depth questions and really had um felt like they had taken it more seriously um so I wanted to um open up a a group where um you know we could all focus share ideas um, show them my kind of, uh, you know, my strategies and tools that I use on a daily basis, uh, to kind of, you know, uh, sculpt them into, um, you know, an independent trader, trader that, um, wouldn't need to have to rely on, uh, you know, a Furu call or, uh, or any other kind of discord, right? I, I can come in, um, not open Twitter, not open discord, uh, and, and simply just trade a chart in front of me. Now I do use Discord and Twitter and, and a few other um, tools, but uh, I'm very confident in uh, my technical uh, ability and um, and and seeing traders yearn and want that kind of independence. Um, you know that that's what really pushed me to uh, to open up a Patreon. And um, we have over 200 members now. Uh, we've been open for about three months uh, since the end of August, and um, it's been a great great journey. Um, it's been amazing to uh, help uh, uh, these traders more in depth and um, really see their progress along the way.
0: What's the biggest thing that you have learned from one of your Patreon members?
1: Um, I think one of the biggest thing that uh, biggest things that I've learned, um, from, I guess, from the Patreon in general is that uh, we all face very very similar, if not the down to the, the very same problems. Um, most traders over, over things and they're either, um, biggest problems I see, uh, FOMO chasing, oversizing, um, you know, not, not having, uh, earned the right to size up and still trading that size, really just throwing, um, and seeing if it's going to stick or not, uh, taking entries in that kind of manner. Um, so, when it really came down to me realizing that, Hey, everyone's going through, uh, the same, you know, the similar issues, uh, when it came down to a basis, um, I, I started writing a lot of things. Um, I, I just recently started putting out those threads on Twitter, um, probably about a month, a month and a half ago or so. And it's been great to, to share that information that, uh, that I thought was so kind of basic in uh, common sense, but, um, really what it came down to was, uh, is that traders just needed, a uh, um, something to to have a a simplistic understanding of how a uh, an experienced trader was uh approaching the market each day
0: for sure and and thank you for leading us into that. Could we please go through your thread that you just posted on Twitter of how to build an account i think
1: sure <laughs> everyone
0: yeah. would like to know how to do that
1: yeah most definitely um now, uh, I also think that this goes into account with, um, with what I was saying with oversizing and uh, either revenge trading, trying to get your money back, or um, just trying to compensate for missed trades or failed trades. Um, so I wrote this um, in, in hopes that this would help anyone out there who read it. it it's really just a, a kind of a strategy or mechanism that I use on a daily basis. The, the basis of it is, is uh, scaling in. Uh, and, and I really love this strategy because it allows me to not take a trade with too much haste. Uh it, it gives me time to analyze the movement of the chart and um gives me um a proper risk to reward, right? A low risk and, and high probability of reward. Um but I also want people to understand that uh we don't have to hit, you know, fifty, hundred, two hundred percent uh gainers to make your money in the market. Uh there's plenty of traders out there. Um, that take base hits each day and they size uh, they size proportionately um, to be able to sustain their kind of lifestyle just off of these 10 uh, 15 even 20 percent runners um, I've seen some traders just take you know trade uh, sndL for uh, penny moves to the long and to the short side and uh, make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, duffel for example i don't know if you guys know duffel um, but um, on the uh, the thread so um, this was a very simplistic kind of a, a basis of um, my everyday trading strategy. Now this is, um, I've tweaked mine a bit and and going along with this strategy, um, you should be able to develop your own uh, kind of uh, tweaks here and there, uh, your own style uh, to trading. Sometimes I'm too aggressive and sometimes I'm patient. Uh, so I'm able to adapt um, to either side. So just going through the thread, um, just going over the the kind of uh, the top of it. But um, I scale in, uh, I normally scale in a quarter position at a time. So let's say uh, a normal position size, um, for for example, 100 shares, okay? Uh, just for example purposes. Um, you should scale in, right, 25 shares at a time um, after you have identified uh, a proper um, level to base uh, risk off or risk off of. Now, I'm not talking about just a little wick here or there, um, but really kind of a pivot point. Uh, where price has reversed uh, very strongly off of, um, and and I normally mark a, a horizontal trend line on the chart just to see. Uh, I don't take a position. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, chase bottoms. Um, you know fortunes are lost every day trying to uh, to pinpoint bottoms. So I, I'm really looking for a higher low confirmation, maybe a double bottom, something uh, to show me that 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 uh, current support level is going to be respected. Uh, and once I find that current support level being respected, um, you know, normally I have, uh, you know, little orders, those, uh, you know, one fourth, uh, scaling orders, uh, spread as close to support as I can, right. I want the lowest amount of risk, uh, with the highest amount of probability. And if the trade does go against me, I'm typically looking, um, at a five to 10% stop loss. Um, you guys have heard that plenty of times, but to touch into, um, position sizing, let's say that you, you know, you should only be really using if you're a newer trader and, and you're you're in the learning process, you really should give yourself a chance and uh, you should be able to um, size no more than than 10 percent of your account into each trade. And that that aligns with that five to 10 percent stop loss, uh, because if you do take a 10 percent stop loss, uh, a tag on a trade, a, a losing trade um, on 10 percent of your position or of your account. Um, you're only risking, you know, half a percent to one percent of your your total account. So it's not going to be a detrimental loss uh, and you'll be able to rebound and have plenty of other capital to uh, take on other trades throughout the day. So um, once I scale in a quarter at a time, uh, ideally, I want to see higher lows being stacked here or um, some kind of bullish movement, maybe a higher high is being put in. I'm always gauging the micro trend of the trade. And a lot of people mistake the micro trend as the one minute. Uh, the micro trend really, to me, is uh, any kind of you know uh, small time frame pivot points. On uh, I like looking at the three or the five minute. The ten minute is much more clear, but um, sometimes in day trades we don't have that that a lot of time. So once I am uh, scaled into a trade, um, of course we should have our targets listed, whether that be high of day or uh, an intermediate resistance or a daily resistance any kind of level of, of that you feel like a short could base a reasoning behind selling at that uh, price point or a long uh taking profit you try to always um you know trading is is really the embodiment of uh, of body language displayed onto you know vertical box and, and whisker plots um you know onto a chart candlesticks um down to the, the very basis of it uh we're trading against each other there's a dialogue throughout the day and um if you're unable to read that dialogue, um, you're going to get caught into that chop that a lot of people have been experiencing the last week. So that's why I love scaling in with a defined risk area and, uh, and always finding my targets first, because that allows me to have an edge into the trade. I know if A occurs, then I will do this. And if price reaches um, this target, then I will do this. Um, it, it's very methodical and uh, gives you something to to base your trade on uh, rather than, you know, entering based off of, Hey, I think I should enter here now. And then selling when one, either, um, you know, it it feels good to have that profit, uh, or see that kind of gain in your account, right. That you that, uh, kind of euphoric scale. And also, um, trying to prevent that, that forced realization that, uh, Mark Douglas talks about, um, forced realization being that, um, when uh, you do or you are experiencing a losing trade, it uh, reaches that point to where uh, you're forced to realize and, um, and accept that pain that comes with that major loss, right? Um, bag holders, that, that's really why we should lose no more than 10% of uh, our current position size. So uh, moving forward, now that we've covered that risk and a kind of reward, I typically never trade a one-to-one. Um, now, if I'm scalping, uh that's a different story right uh i may i may have to take uh normally when i'm scalping and i take an entry the reward may only be um one compared to the risk but if it does go to my um into my favor i will um you know move my stop up to break even even if it continues on forward or after it wakes me out um that's just the basis of my rule so uh, always uh h- risk is a huge factor in my trading. And um, it, it should be a huge factor in, in everyone else's. Um, I have this here. This is number five on the thread. It says, uh, while this may seem like common sense, uh, most traders fail to take these short and simple steps when taking a trade. Uh, they enter and exit a trade based off uh, emotions. This is unorganized and chaotic. Um, and um, you know, it, if you don't have your entry uh, price, your stop tar- your stop loss, whether it be mental or a hard stop, um, and targets where if it reaches, you will scale, then you have no business, uh, entering into a trade, um, at all. Uh, a lot of people will just, you know, take one big lump sum, uh, entry and hope for the best. And, uh, a lot of times that leads to bag holding because, um, some people don't reach that forced, uh, realized kind of loss. Um, now, now once we're in the trade and, um, now, not always. You're not always going to get a uh, full position size, and I, I wanted to uh, to kind of uh, make that a, a large note um, because a lot of traders will, once it breaks out, and maybe they only have a starter, a quarter position, or even a half position, and it breaks out uh, in a very kind of volatile manner. Um, they'll start to slap to get that full position, and what that really does, it it, it goes against the plan that that you had uh, laid out. It messes with your average and then uh you're 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 now trading uh dictated by emotions um or by emotions so and and that that never really ends up well
0: wait um, i feel like i do that all the time
1: yeah okay um so uh, a lot of traders they they have this plan set out and if the for me a big rule is that if um if it moves without me or uh, it moves and I'm not completely filled. Then what I have is what I have uh, until I can come up with another plan. Um, and and these plans typically take me a few minutes, sometimes five minutes to uh, kind of you know um, analyze and, uh-huh. and you know assess whether or not I want to take them. Whereas if you start to slap into a trade, you know you're just chasing that profit and uh, really breaking um, breaking up your entire uh, plan and your rules. So-
0: Fascinating.
1: Yeah, so um, you know, if you're in in a trade, uh, we must execute our trade uh, to plan. Now, I've had plenty of swing trades where I have great entries, and maybe I'm just being lazy or or impatient. And um, this happened to me last week on SPUR SPIR. I uh, had this trade plan, had no reason to stop out, was just really bored of the of the ticker, and uh, you know, I cut it. And then the very next morning, they have that NASA PR, um, which I would have made a, a good kind of um, trade off of. Um, and and really, when you're into a trade, it either takes your stop out, uh, whether that's uh, your original stop or the stop that you have uh, moved up along the, uh, along the trade, or you scale at your appropriate price targets that you've laid out, no matter what. Um, now, if you have accounted into your chart uh, or into your trade uh, that you will... Um, Kind of a portion a bit of shares to leave to ride, then uh, that's what you should stick with. Um, a lot of times uh, that can be kind of a, a negative aspect on newer traders, uh, simply due to the fact that um, maybe they're holding a very small portion and they feel like they're missing the move on the way up, so they keep adding, they keep adding, and then they turn a winner into a loser, um, yeah, which happens every day
0: okay, so let's say that like. So I like to buy off the 20 EMA. That's a huge part of my strategy. So let's say I've been watching this stock all day. It's been holding the nine. Like it's really strong. It's building higher lows. It's all the things that I like. And then it drops to the 20. Like that would be when I would ideally take like a fairly large position if I've been just watching it and like there's my entry. Are you saying that it would be, and then like I put a stop under the 20 and like with enough RAM in case it wicks or whatever, are you saying that you would scale into that position?
1: uh, I would run it back to um, me uh, when I was explaining, um, always gauging and assessing the the current market environment and, and also gauging price action. Um a lot of traders have this problem as well where uh maybe they set a demand zone or some uh sense of support level and they'll blindly place an order there um without taking into account price action. So um I'm always gauging the the front side of the trade and the back side, that kind of uh that dialogue between longs and shorts, you know, uh, am I fighting the trend or am I trading with the trend? And um, right. if something is coming down uh very steeply, um I always have to realize that not every uh, trading strategy or tool or indicator that I use is going to be respected uh, on each trade. Uh, if your plan is to take uh, um, your position size close to the twenty EMA, and you feel like that it does have a sense of confirmation or uh, continuation, and um, you know if that's what you truly feel, then you should take that trade. And if you uh, if it works out in your favor, it's a, a you know there's a lesson for you. And then if it doesn't work out. That's also a lesson in the fact that um, you know, maybe I took this with too much haste or um, simply just traded based off of an indicator and didn't have uh, other levels of confluence, um, you know, kind of guiding me into that kind of trade. For me, I typically like to see uh, two or three levels of confluence. Uh, the more, the better um, when taking, in, in, uh, taking a trade. Um, and really what that does for me is uh, aligns multiple um, points of view um, from different traders that are looking to take the same trade and, uh, seeing that as a confirmation across the board.
0: So you, you wait for other people to confirm what you're seeing. Is that,
1: um, well, not always like, um, this morning, um, today, uh, it's November 8th or yeah, November 8th. And, uh, I traded, um, PPSI this morning. Uh, I'm a very, um, you know, a strong pre-market trader. I love trading news. Uh, and on that news, uh, I had missed the initial kind of pop, but I was looking for, um, a retest of that high, that high being $4. Um, I don't know exactly, but it was right at $4. Um, so we broke through that, that previous high and then we came in based. So that's, a you know, um, a break in base. And then we also had the nine, uh, the nine EMA on the one minute coming through and, and, uh, supporting that. And, um, and it was also right back again on the four-hole dollar. So um, I like to tra- take trades uh, very early momentum off the 9 EMA on the one minute uh, if we have strong continuation or good news. Um, I also like to trade break-and-bases. Um, a break-and-base concept is a break of the short kind of resistance and uh, basing upon that resistance, turning it into new support, taking those covers away from shorts. So those are two levels of confluence there, and also the four-hole dollar. Uh, the four-hole dollar, um, you typically will see uh, bulls come in and try to trade around that. Um, I like a 10 to $0.20 cent range under the whole dollar uh, to be maintained, and if that is maintained, um, it shows very strong uh, bullish confirmation for me. So I'm not waiting. Uh, I'm really just analyzing and, and thinking of different uh, points of view throughout the chart um, always, Um I use VWAP. I use a uh, whole and half um, dollar sites. Um, I use supply and demand, support and resistance. Um, I use uh, the 9 and the 20 EMA. I use uh, the 10, the uh, 50, and the 200 SMA on the daily. Um, there's a lot of different uh, things that I'm looking at throughout the day um, to make sure that I'm putting my money in the best possible place.
0: For sure. Well, I, I mean, I do like that that also takes away – like making a knee jerk reaction, right? Like it seems like you're very methodical, planned out. Like if you miss the move, you miss the move, but you like want to have all your ducks in a row before taking a trade.
1: Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even on, on PPSI there, there's always opportunities. Um, when it had that rally, it had broke over eight and $10. Uh, it came back and, and retested. Um, I think it was about $9 and 40 cents, $9 and 30 cents, uh, scooped up on the five minute, um, nine EMA. And that was an area, right. And it was also a support, um, level was being based there. And it was, uh, we were looking for the nine whole dollar to be maintained, uh, really with the half dollar on the nine. So, um, there's a lot of analyzation that that goes through my kind of trading strategy, but uh, I really try to keep it as simple as possible, um, focusing on the runners of the day and um, you know any little scalps between here and there. Um, and, and when we're in a trade and the trade does work uh, to uh, our favor, um, I'm constantly moving my stop up. so um, you know on that ride up on Ppsi um, this morning, I was moving my stop up along the way. Um, I, you know, if you have a four dollar entry and it runs up to six or seven dollars, I'm not going to stop back out on the remaining uh, portion of my shares. Um, near four, I'm going to move that stop up. You know, either in the half or whole dollar psych. So, uh, very uh, important to move your stop up along the uh, trade. If you're looking for a day trade, um, I, I enjoy day trading, but also will look at uh, kind of trading around a core. So. Moving forward, uh, I've, I've said here, making five to twenty percent on a trade is a, is great and should not be taken for granted. Uh, these base hits are what will build your account and your overall consistency. Take what the market will give you. It's a game of longevity. Uh, those who keep their seat at the table will prosper. And I think uh, as any trader, as long as they don't blow their account up and they can give themselves uh, an actual chance in trading, being taking smaller position sizes. Or uh, you know, really analyzing the chart before they hastily jump into a trade due to FOMO mm-hmm. or any kind of big green rally stick. Um, focusing on these base hits um, and seeing your account grow, whether it be five to twenty percent, um, you can make your living off of that each and every single day. Um, you know, if you have a a, a one thousand dollar position size and it goes ten percent, right? There's hundred dollars. You can constantly and consistently make those trades, um, and that's something that you can base and develop uh, a strategy upon. right. Um, later on down the road, once you've compounded those gains, you're going to be able to size up, earn the right to size up, and uh, you'll end up making more money um, off of the same tools and strategies that you uh, use trading a, a small position size. Um, to continue, um, I, I'm, I'm really an advocate for reviewing your trades each night. Uh, I go through all of the trades that, that I have taken, uh, whether they be winning trades or losing trades and also trades that I missed. Uh, it's really um, important that uh, we know why a move ran and why a move didn't work out in our favor. Maybe we were looking at the wrong um, point of view or uh, thesis, but uh, it, reviewing every night, um, not just charts, but yourself. Uh, is is very important if, if you want to be successful trading, um, and what I mean by reviewing yourself is um, I write notes throughout the day of uh, my emotions that I experience throughout trades, just to kind of gauge um, you know how I'm doing and how I'm feeling. Uh, if I'm you know maybe too angry one day, and that's the reason uh, behind taking revenge trades, or uh, you know if I'm just kind of too uh, trigger shy uh, or gun shy with, uh, taking trades that day. Maybe I was, um, you know, fearful of, uh, of dips uh, that morning or, or whatever it may be. Uh, it's very important to just keep track, journal, whatever, whatever's going to work for you so that you keep, uh, kind of realization of yourself and, and understanding and, and bring those problems that you may be experiencing, um, you know, to paper or, uh, personalize them. So, um, I have an example here. Uh, I guess uh, those who uh, will view this thread on Twitter will be able to see that. But, um, you know, it shows a very nice example of, uh, you know, identifying support, then scaling in, and then uh, scaling out along the way at our identified targets, and then uh, stopping out um, about 10% uh, above our entry with a moved up stop. So um, I do hope that that helps Uh, any kind of newer traders out there. um, And it's really just a, basic plan, um, that you can customize and, uh, kind of change, uh, in regards to your style.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's so good for people, like people need a plan and that's a very well-written plan. I also will link to, uh, the thread in the show notes. So if you want to go through and reread it and, you know, digest it some more, please do that. Awesome. Moto Mikey says, "I just want to comment that he has saved me from getting caught in many knives." I always hear in his voice, "If this stock is so bullish, then why are there so many upper wicks on the five-minute candles?" <laughs> I guess that's yeah. not really a question, but like, great point.
1: Yes, I actually, um, I got that from Brady. Uh, I was—that's just something that has stuck with me uh, watching his streams. Um, Brady VPA um, on Twitter. Uh-huh. You know, he was saying that in one of his streams and and it really, you know, it made a lot of sense, right? Uh, A lot of times we will uh, blindly ignore, you know, these large red flags that are in front of us uh, simply due to the fact that we're so in love with our uh, current trade thesis.
0: I love that. And I am also going to start looking. I do look for those, but I have not placed like quite as much importance on them. So I'm going to start adding that to things I look for. Yeah. All right. Of course. Sherlock Stocks says when you are in the heat of the moment and you are very confident in a trade that has hit your stop loss, how do you respect your stop loss when your confidence is telling you the opposite?
1: So uh, the um I guess your your intuity is very important um when when kind of gauging a trade. Uh and we shouldn't um disregard it. Uh, Sometimes there's those red flags, like I was saying, that we should watch out for. And sometimes um, we feel like our entries are too high, but we do feel like the the trade is going to work out in our manner. Um, Now, there's no true way of knowing that. And uh, if we do, if it does come to our stop, we really have to make a decision um, if we're going to leave a little wiggle room um, under that kind of stop. Or what I personally like to do is take a, a half stop, Right, sell half of my position Um, And a lot of traders um, don't think about that scaling out on your stop rather than taking your whole stop, just ripping it Uh off like a Band-Aid. Sometimes you can gauge, um, you know, current market momentum if it's going to continue. And just maybe sometimes our entries are too high, but our trade thesis is correct.
0: So let's say you, you hit your stop, let's say you had a thousand shares and you hit your stop and you sold 500 shares. If it, pulled back a little more, but the trade was still going in your direction, would you add back the 500 at a lower price?
1: Um, yeah, I was just going to touch on that. Yep. You can add um, on maybe a support confirmation or a higher low confirmation, something that uh, is going to give you a, a basis of um, risk to base off of. <laughs> Sorry, that was um, worded strangely, but um, you're going to be able to Confidently take that trade knowing that, hey, if this price level breaks, whether it be a previous supply turn demand or an EMA or anything along those lines, um, that if, hey, if th- if I'm wrong and I enter here, I know that the um, other buyers are also going to stop out so that uh, I should be confident in taking this uh, entry at this price level.
0: I really like that. I like taking a little risk off, but you still, like I use a hard stop and I'm like, if it hits, it hits and I can buy back in lower. But I, you know, sometimes it hits and does exactly what you thought it was going to do.
1: Right. So. Um, one thing that, a, a lot of, um, that, that I found a lot of success with, um, it's called the 84% rule. Um, it's from, uh, from, um, I think his name's Jared from Live Traders, but uh, it's just something that, that I've implemented into my trading strategy and pushed onto a lot of other uh, of my um, uh, members in the Patreon. But uh, it's called the 84% rule. And um, the 84% rule um, really just says that when, um, uh, let's say we have an entry and uh, we have our, our stop laid out and it um, price takes our stop, whether it be a mental or hard stop. And if price were to come back to your entry, uh, meaning you got wicked out or a stop-loss hunt for your shares, um, you should take your entry again, um, one, to negate that loss, and two, um, it comes down to that our thesis was correct on the trade, but maybe we entered too high. Um, and uh, 84% of the time that will work out. I'm not sure of that statistic, but uh, for me, it, it works quite often um, when I do get wicked out of uh, some shares, maybe off of open um Sometimes we'll see that dip and rip on open and a lot of people do stop out um, just to uh, have the price reverse right in front of them uh, like they had planned.
0: Love that. I'm learning so much. All right. Cooking with my cat says, um, I'm so excited for this. I always like to hear about the beginning of traders' career. Did they struggle? What was the turning point?
1: Um, yes, I struggled a lot. Um I had um I had quit my job um selling cars working uh you know 10 to 12 hours a day 6 days a week um and was really looking for um some kind of sense of uh of financial stability and uh income that I could you know um create and uh obtain at home uh, a lot more free time uh, I was tired of um working day in day out uh having that one day off and and not being able to uh truly kind of relax or, or enjoy life um so, uh, I downloaded Robinhood like most other traders um, do. They're their first kind of startup, and uh, I struggled a lot. I was taking calls off of Reddit, taking calls um, from from multiple Discords. Uh, you know, taking that one lump sum kind of trade, uh, buying alerts, which a lot of alerts are already uh, the risk to reward is uh, <laughs> very hard to gauge, and most of the time the the reward is not even there. Um, so I struggled a lot uh, for about eight. Eight months to twelve months, uh, my first year, um, it was where uh, I started to see a turnaround, uh, simply due to you know reviewing each night and um, taking it more seriously, rather than hey I want to throw money into this ticker and I want it to uh, to pay me um, right. I I needed to understand the uh, the action behind that and the reasoning um, why these traders were profitable and I was not. Um, I went through a very large or very long, uh, losing phase, um, even before I was break even. And, uh, I, I feel like that that's where a lot of traders, uh, either make it or break it. Um, you either accept the fact that, Hey, you're not where you are in your, your trading journey, but, uh, with, uh, persistence and, um, you know, constant studying and reviewing and the proper kind of positive mindset that, uh, anything was possible. Um for myself, right? I was just a, another member in Atlas that joined and um you know now um I post on the on both floors, momentum floor and the trading floor. Um it's very crazy to see uh you know my name typing amongst, you know, um PJ and Ricky Bobby and Verde and a bunch of other people that I, I really respect and looked up to um and still look up to uh on my current trading journey. So um yes, I did struggle. If anyone tells you that they didn't struggle, they're lying uh, or they got lucky. And uh, if they got lucky, they're they're going to struggle at some point. Um, uh, I really value and um, keep a sentimental kind of, um, you know, relationship with uh, the fact that I did struggle for so long um, and, and it makes all of the success and uh, uh, in trading that much more uh, enjoyable and um, rewarding.
0: For sure. If you didn't struggle... You're not doing it right. (laughs) Of course. All right. Critter83 said, I struggle with pre-market entries. What's his favorite pre-market setup and how do we avoid all-day faders?
1: Um, My favorite setups uh, in pre-market are uh, maybe I see a large uh, rally the day prior that uh, turns into either a channel or a a downtrend break that's uh, imminent. Um, during the extended hours kind of a session through after hours and pre-market. And really what I'm looking for is uh, anything to base support off of. So in that channel, uh, it's going to provide me uh, with two uh, scenarios. Um, If it maintains that support level of the bottom uh, portion of the channel, then uh, I will be able to um, get an entry close to that and have rather low risk. And if it breaks to the upside, if I don't have those entries, I'll be able to take a breakout buy. Um, Now, a breakout buy, um, uh, they can be risky. I don't uh, full position size into a breakout buy, and I will uh, keep my stop very close to break-even, if not uh, right on break-even. Now, um, Rodessa calls this a close-to-the-gap strategy, but it's uh, when we see price gap up in the morning uh, and then it's slowly getting pushed down um, to create a downtrend break, uh, close to, to market open, um, and, and all that does is, is push, um, you know, it, it's that ebb and flow of the market, right? Bulls have pushed it up to where shorts have uh, the better risk to reward. They have the edge, and shorts push it back down uh, for another rebuttal from uh, the longs, uh, and they, of course, cover and a uh, way to rinse and repeat. So um, those are two of my favorite uh, setups into um, into pre-market, um, and... and uh, uh, to prevent uh, all day faders, I think um, sometimes we have support levels uh drawn out in pre market but um maybe they're on the one or five minute uh and two zoomed in uh, I'm always looking at multiple charts on my screen I keep four up as long uh, as well as um, i think uh ten more other charts that have tickers i'm just watching and um I have the one minute the five minute the one hour and the daily and I swap through um I swapped through all of those charts on different time frames. So uh, I think it's really important to zoom out and look at your one hour, maybe your two hour, four hour um, just to see where price truly is in the trend. Um, are you buying near a resistance level or uh, are you buying near support where uh, longs are going to be um, interested? So uh, to prevent an all day fader uh, and to prevent yourself from sitting in an all day fader, uh, you're going to be able or you're going to have to. Um, Right. Find those proper uh, and, and accurate support and resistance levels and make sure that you respect your stop. There's no reason to take on unnecessary uh, losses uh, from an all-day fader. Um, you can simply just exit the trade as soon as a, a support level is broken in a small area under.
0: All right. Bryce wants to know about playing breakouts. Specifically, what are some of your favorite chart patterns on the one-in-five-minute for breakout ads? conversely where would you set cut levels for those same entries
1: um so i touched um on that and the, the previous um kind of mentioned a little bit but uh on a breakout um i like trading uh pre-market high breaks i like trading those downtrend breaks so um, a lot of people may call them a descending wedge or a flag or, or anything like that um anything that has a clear downtrend that uh is um you know, closer towards the, uh, the peak of that, um, triangle or whatever formation you're looking at. Um, and if I don't have an entry close to support right on the, uh, the base of the wedge or anything like that, then, um, when I do take a breakout buy, uh, on that downtrend break, um, I will keep my stop as close to break even as possible. Uh, and I also don't size in, uh, as heavily, um, because, um, on a breakout buy, you have to be in the right market Uh, And I think in this current market, um, breakout buying is the kind of lazy or easy thing to do uh, unless you have a very strict set of rules and uh, you can abide by and um, be obedient to your own kind of uh, strategies.
0: Abra wants to know how to find the stocks where smart money is accumulating shares and in the next few days it becomes a runner. Or how do you find the next runner before it runs?
1: I, I look very closely uh, to you know front loads or preloads people will call them um, anything that that pops up with a large amount of or, or irregular amount of volume um, and I want to watch that reaction very closely uh, it shows that a, a larger participant is uh, in the market and um, that participant is um, will wait and and sit on this until uh, it lights up scanners um, so what I'm looking at on front loads um, any kind of regular volume that pops up price rather uh, you know uh, violently and then it either comes back down uh, to right where it, um, right where it popped uh, to that support or just maintaining that, that current trend or what you'll see is it pop up and then um, it flag or uh, try to just consolidate into a channel. Um, and uh, with that, you'll see accumulation um, on the uh, support side of the uh, channel and uh, really bulls waiting for that overall breakout. Um, uh, and, and all you have to do is, you know, I look at um, things that ran into close. I look at uh, little taps uh, throughout the day, um, just little random pops on tickers that have previously ran. Um, traders and uh, larger participants in the market will always go back to previous runners. Um, and I think it's a great um, kind of a process to be able to watch... Um, previous runners and see where uh, participants in the market are interested and uh, areas uh, that we should note to avoid.
0: Perfect. And then last question from Logan Trades is, would love to hear his take on using VPA and volume price. Wait, hmm, would love to hear his take on using volume price analysis and volume at price for swing trades. Can't wait for this one. (laughs)
1: Um, So for swing trades, um, really what I'm looking at, I'm applying all of the same uh, strategies and techniques that I uh, use um, on an intraday kind of time frame or a a day trading kind of time frame. Um, And that being, uh, you know, watching um, the same kind of I I love to see tickers that are selling off that have a point uh, that have pushed to a point where, um, you know, the risk reward for longs is uh, very interesting and um, watching to see where that volume starts to trickle in. So it, it really touches back um, to uh, what I was mentioning um, on even those pre-market uh, formations, right? Those, those pops before into close. If you see a random or irregular amount of volume on the daily, um, I, I saw a few weeks ago, uh, I caught the CPHI run at 65 cents and uh, wrote it over a dollar. Um, and that was simply due to the fact that it had. Uh, it, I, I looked on the daily chart and saw that it had uh, about eight times um, the uh, the average volume displayed on this ticker, whereas uh, the last either few weeks or months um, it had been very dry. So I had seen um, someone come into that trade, and I was able to follow their movement on that, um, and also on VPA. Um, if you have a formation on the daily chart, maybe it's a downtrend or a descending wedge or some kind of channel, uh, right? These, these same kind of formations that uh, we've been talking about. Um, I'm looking to see where the selling pressure uh, eases and where the selling pressure is, um, is uh, very persistent or, or more increased. So if it's coming towards support, I know that um, I need to be watching volume uh, either on the hourly or the daily chart. Just to kind of see if we had a ton of selling pressure near uh, our support level, and uh, try to gauge whether or not longs were gonna, going to defend that current trend. Um, I'm always, you know, uh, kind of analyzing the relationship between um, long um, long bias traders and short bias traders um, because uh, you know both sides make us money um, either way that, that you're trading. So uh, with VPA. Um, you really can can go uh, and, and delve into it. Uh, I love Anna Cooling's book, or both of her books. Um, tons of great examples in there um, that you can apply not only on a day trading, uh, or not only on a daily chart, but also um, you know swing trading doesn't have to be just on a daily chart. You can swing trade an hourly setup and uh, kind of be in and out of that trade within a, you know either a day or two.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. I've loved this episode so much and have learned a tremendous amount.
1: <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um it, it's been a great experience uh and uh especially uh, it being my first interview. Yeah,
0: I I'm just so it's just so happy you came on and I hope you'll come back.
1: Yes, yes. I will uh, I'll definitely be back if you guys will have me and um I, I look forward to it.
0: Awesome. Thank you. All
1: right. Thank you. You guys take care.
0: Thank you to our producer, Joel Edwards and Chesley Lowe for our banjo music. See you guys next week.
2: By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement the third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions standards or policies of the penny lane podcast the penny lane podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein